0: Welcome to The Disruptors, the podcast about the future of all of us, where we look at the technologies, trends, and societal norms shaping our collective future. Hear the world's top minds, share their insights and predictions on the convergence, direction, and ethics of exponential technologies, transforming life as we know it. You can learn more and stay up to date at disruptors.fm.
1: Mirmani Press presents Death Donor by Matt Ward. More information on the author at mattwardwrites.com. To purchase the complete audio adventure, or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com. Sam Officers were coming and going in the bustling police station, victims in small queues as voice-based AI receptionists questioned each new plaintiff. A burly man in handcuffs with two black eyes was dragged past us, and in the corner, a baby screamed. A call. Hello? What? Who is this? My brain was racing. Jones, are you there? It was Ethan. What did he want? Didn't I work enough hours? Yeah, Ethan, I said. I mean, sir. I I mean, Mr. Anderson, sir. Skip the formalities. What happened? Everything okay? Ethan had connections, right? Maybe he could help. I signaled Darren to shut up. Malia's missing. We don't know what happened. He didn't say a word until I finished. So they're thinking kidnapping? He asked. How can I help? The lab has sequencers and we've got plenty of drones. Actually, take the company VTOL. Was he serious? Was this the same sharp-elbowed boss who crushed competitors and wasn't afraid to bite back? The analysis should be done, any. He- "'Excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Please come with me.' A young Asian officer beckoned us towards the interior of the station, past two armed guards, and into the chaos. "'I need to go, sir. I'll let you know when we hear more. And thanks for everything.' We turned the corner, passing two bunkered desks into an open office of busy bluebloods. Harrelson was by the automatic espresso machine. "'Coffee, anyone?' We shook our heads. My stomach roiled. Just tell me. What have you got? I asked. Good news. We've got a beat on our perp and are grabbing him as we speak. Darren's face brightened and my heart caught. She's okay? I asked. If she's there, we'll find her, the detective said without smiling. Perp was a neighbor of yours, Freddie Tripp, two streets over on Welch. It didn't ring a bell. Ah, looks like he's here. Harrelson led us through the array of hand-gesturing cops and hurried reports that went into keeping Atlanta somewhat safe to a deserted hall of one-way mirrors. Stay here. He gestured to a small waiting area with several half-cushioned chairs. Budget cuts. We did, and he hurried to the last door on the right, knocking and disappearing inside. Darren grabbed my hand. She's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Time slowed to an unbearable crawl, and after ages, the door opened. Harrelson trudged out, exhausted. I leapt to my feet and hurried toward him. What happened? Where is she? He held up a hand and silence enveloped us. I'm sorry. My chest tightened. My stomach knotted. Raw, acid grief. No! no it couldn't be ethan jones's makeupless eyes were pale and sunken shoulders slumped she looked horrible surprise surprise textbook repression at wit's end i'd let her work yesterday to get her mind off things anything to cope with the loss of her daughter but now roger said she was a liability The cops weren't sure which underground clinic the girl had been sold into, only that the junkie had been high as a worthless trust fund kid. He'd taken the ten grand her body fetched and blown half on dope. There was a two and a half percent chance she'd ended up source material at one of our facilities. If she had, it wouldn't be pretty. It was against our policy to source black market. But things happen. Some employees were more... Enthusiastic than others. I shuddered as Jones entered the kitchen in a zombie shuffle. Poor thing. Jones, have a drink with me. Reaching under the handmade cabinet, I drew two ancient snifters the Earl of Zetland had given me after that stag hunt. That was before Botswana, face to face with a bull hippo. Talk about reevaluating things. Jones propped herself on a stool, empty eye staring into her snifter. I had to do this just right. Women were so delicate. What levers to pull? Wanna talk about it? She said nothing, downing her drink with a toss. It was 9 a.m. Jones, you should go home. Get some rest. Be with your husband. She didn't so much as blink. That bad? Uncorking the aged Kentucky bourbon again, a royal thank you for an expedited procedure, I slipped the pill into her drink. I'd hoped not to need to. She swallowed hard. She's gone, and it's all my fault. I should have been there. Passing her the drink, she downed it. We slid her carved body to the floor, one less headache to deal with. Get her home, Boris. First time visiting our facility, Mr. Anderson?' the pimple-faced Asian with the olive-green prison guard uniform asked. He stuck out an unwashed, calloused hand and shook mine, probably hoping to make an impression. Ew. He flinched when Boris stepped forward, not DDI material. "'It's been a while,' I answered. The lad smiled. "'I'll give you the tour till the warden's ready.' "'That's okay,' I cut in. "'We'll wait in the office.' He led us away from prisoners, through an uncleaned hall that echoed of lost souls, to a small waiting area with triple-bolt locks, no windows, and several folding chairs facing Certificate of Excellence awards on the bare-bone walls. No one was getting in here, not with Boris and Rogers on either side of the door, hands to rival a rattlesnake. Huang sat next to me and opened his mouth, so much for quiet contemplation. "'Did you know there's over three million Americans in prison and two hundred thousand on life sentences?' he said, like a Girl Scout rattling off flavors. "'Actually, it was two hundred and twelve thousand, but I said nothing. "'Pa says too many damn blacks and Hispanics is the problem,' he continued. "'He's right, at least about the blacks. Hispanics are okay, though.' I tried to tune out the pitchy southern drawl that didn't fit his face. It didn't work, but there was a knock on the door and it opened, thank goodness. A rag of a man walked in, the warden's sloppy-haired attendant. He'll see you now. We rose and made our way next door, losing the peppy redhead and entering the warden's inner sanctum, which looked like a cross between a cheapo Ikea and an old folks' home. French-pressed shirt, pristine desk, and his paper notebook screamed conservatism. He jumped into pleasantries, and I played ball for two minutes before saying, "'Let's make a deal.' He eyed me. "'GDC's partnered with Beyond Human for all of our death row inmates. Why are we having this conversation? You asking us to break our word?' His eyes flared. Not at all. I leaned back in the cheap folding chair and pretended to survey the office— I always felt public servants and defenders like yourself deserve better. If you were to reconsider your contract, what kind of price per head we talking? His eyes narrowed. You mean when our contract runs out next year? I nodded. (laughs) Worked on these suckers every time. We ironed out details as we cut the legs out from under our Big Apple-based competitors. Gonzales radioed ahead to disable her missile systems and whizzed over the endless pine trees and tennis courts nearest her front porch to land. I hopped out, waving at the frizzy-haired woman in embarrassing blue and try-hard Oakleys and 90s All-Stars. She never did have a sense of fashion. Mom, surprise! Her custom racket clattered to the ground, blue eyes sparkling. Ethan, I thought. What, a son can't pick his mother up? She smiled, sweaty arms enveloping me. Come here, you look good. You too, I said, but you gotta stay on top of your treatments. She promised. We left, but not before a quick snack of peanut butter Oreos, a throwback to the old days. The occasional cheat meal wouldn't kill me. What's on your mind, Dee? She set aside the mid-morning margarita I'd never been able to get her to kick and put her hand on my shoulder. You look tense. What was it about moms? She could read me like a book. It's Pennywood, the murder. The board's pushing for a resolution to the whole thing. And looking to seize control however they can. You're in charge, honey. Just tell them you're handling it. I sighed. Life was so simple for her. I have. But they have investor protections, too. Bastards. (sighs) It'll work itself out. Always does. It's costing us a fortune, though. Money isn't a problem anymore, she said. Life is, and living it. She gave me the the remember-the-important-things-in-life look Bobby and I had always hated. Damn, I missed him. I groaned. We solved that. We'd been over this before. There's a difference between life and living, You never take time to enjoy the moment, E. You're always going a mile a minute. That's all I'm saying. I didn't respond. She was right, of course, but I could handle it.
0: Who loves online training at their organization? Just about no one. It's a hassle to create and distribute, and often tedious to take. And that's because you had to cobble it together. Authoring apps, learning management systems, and uneditable third-party content that looks like it's from the 90s. And none of these play nicely together. Enter Rise.com, the online training system employees love. Rise.com, sponsor for today's episode, is an all-in-one system that makes online training easy to create, enjoyable to take, and simple to manage. Not only can you create, distribute, and analyze online training easy in Rise.com, you can also get tons of training content that's beautiful and well-researched, enjoyable for learners, and awesome for everyone. And for the first time ever, you can edit, customize, and mix Pre-built content with your own. If you're ready to disrupt the way your company trains employees, start your 30-day risk-free trial today at rise.com/disruptors. That's r-i-s-e.com/disruptors. D-i-s-r-u-p-t-o-r-s. Perfect and just in time for COVID, when it's hard to see each other, and online training is a must. Rise.com/disruptors for more details and your 30-day risk-free trial.
1: Sam. Out of booze already? I'd bought another four bottles last night. Or was that two days ago? Three? Closing my eyes, I slumped on the sweat-stained couch, eyes heavy and shoulders worse. Fuck, it was Sunday, four days after my world imploded and Detective Harrelson broke me. Darren wasn't much better. For him, it was wine and shitty detective shows. We were a mess. I had no idea where to turn or what to do. The rock we'd built our life on had been swept away, casting us to float aimlessly until our inevitable end. And in terms of drowning, I was putting in my best effort. Anything to stop the pain. The image of some sick doctor carving open my little Malia clawed at my soul. I couldn't get it out of my head. Another swig of knockoff, Jameson. Another and still I could feel. Damn it, it hurt. Her face kept coming back. Mommy? A knock. Someone at the door. I could care less, but Darren didn't move his lazy ass. Darren, Sam, open up. Who was that? What did they want? I shuffled to the door, the wall a guiding friend as I stumbled twice. It was Harrelson, again, but not in uniform. She's not him. What now? I groaned. He took a whiff but said nothing. We tracked the supplier to a high-end clinic in North Druid Hills specialized in controversial extensions. Sunlight blinded me. When was the last time I'd stepped outside? What's that mean? My head hurt. North Druid Hills? It means, he said, Whoever bought your daughter and used her tissue for treatment, and illicit treatment at that, was quite rich, think a million plus per procedure, and well-connected. Quasi-legal at best. But they won't serve jail time. Wait, what? Who? No jail time. The new slow-motion sucker punched me, my clouded brain reeling. They're not saying... The clinic, whose name I'm not at liberty to give you for obvious reasons, wipes their databases every night, and have no records or proof whatsoever. Their clients, who include presidents, senators, dictators, trillionaires, etc., demand it. Oh. So, no leads? F that. I'd find out, somehow. You have to do something. This is my daughter. He shook his head, and I grabbed the doorway for support. The investigation is over. Even if we could go further, I don't want to. His eyes fell. You don't mess with these types unscathed if you catch my drift. I did. Innocent until proven poor. Pussy. My head throbbed. They couldn't get away with it. They couldn't. Her lifeless face thrashed me again, the doctor's heartless scalpel. My hand fell to my scarred abdomen. They'd cut her out of me again. I'd let my little girl down. Back to the fridge. Anything to dull the pain. Mike. They should be in Rome by now. I'd been so tempted to go. But if Ava only had a few months... We'd have fought, like always, and spoiled everything. And she didn't want me. So, here I was, home alone, reading Senator Warren's bill. It was a mouthful even for Congress. That was saying something. Did she think this would propel her to the presidency? With President Nguyen's second term coming to a close, all the familiar faces were out in force. At least I wasn't part of that. Media appearances, backstabbing, outright propaganda. I was more than happy as a simple senator. But how could I twist this BS bill to make it work for Georgians? A new window, the BBC. Inspiration might strike, and the Brits were more impartial. Plus, the female anchor had dirty eyes, wild hair, and a sexier voice. In startling news, median age and life expectancies throughout Africa and Asia continue to decline as donor stipends tempt third world economies decimated by automation in the West. A full 20 million last year in China alone, more than double their natural deaths to fuel China's health craze. Click Google News. Were they still making noise after the antitrust breakup a decade earlier? That had been a fight. A protest outside DDI, donors fighting for a slot and a reasonable payout. It's not like they could unionize. But they deserved their fair share. This could be a big opportunity to get in front of people and win some airtime. With Rodriguez pushing for my seat, why not? Wallace hated the idea, but in the end agreed, if he could bring Reggie and a few other guys to manage security. Before long, we were in a governmental black-tinted Tesla, racing through the city. If the cops shut down the protest, I'd miss my chance. And with Megan Larson hounding me, I wouldn't mind DDI taking a hit. On the short ride over, I checked email. It still hadn't been replaced, despite what people claimed. The chip embedded in my palm verified my biometrics—genome, blood type, genetic age—the basics, before allowing access to my encrypted Amazon account. Four messages. My email bot cleaned up every morning, flagging one's worth my time. Two arrival confirmations for Jamie's flight stung. I should have been there. But they needed mother-daughter time, especially if Ava... geez. I opened the third for some much-needed distraction. It was Phil, my wealth advisor. Dude was a genius, introduced to me by Envision CEO five years prior. They'd needed help after the company's miniaturized augmented lenses had a record $100 billion IPO. Where do you park that much dough? A few great investment opportunities, 14% IRR guaranteed. Call me. Phil. I made a mental note and closed the message. Bam! Something smashed into our windshield. Another rock. Holy shit. The driverless car accelerated, zipping past bums lining the long-abandoned cemetery. Both guards stiffened, fingers twitching. We passed the last of the slums, the car filtering out the stench of shit and unwashed bodies. It hadn't been so bad ten years ago. What can you do? Five minutes later, a frustrated army of peaceful protesters marching outside DDI's gleaming high-rise campus, carrying signs and yelling, taking videos and posting to social. Several fearless reporters mingled with the displaced, and from above, dozens of drones from Google News, Fox, CNN, and The Times hovered, getting their shots for the evening news. A few angry Hindus and Christians Holdouts from pre-LE times, shook Bibles, shirts emblazoned with disgust for the assisted suicides, hell, wrongful reincarnation. You'd think they'd get with the program. It didn't look like they could afford death insurance. Two armored male and female guards approached our vehicle, drawing weapons to create a human shield. Reggie opened the door, and I stepped into the crowd, beelining for the impromptu podium set up outside the double helix building, infinity logo obscured by the masses. It had been a few years since I'd last been in. I was probably due for another treatment. Grigori would know. He'd have my records and a suite of tests he'd want to run, always did. A ponytailed hipster with a shut-up-and-die hoodie and an older blonde who could have been his mom emerged from the crowd, blocking our way. The mob must not have noticed the pro-aging pair. Freaking agers. How decrepitness was anything but awful was beyond me. Some people. At least my parents hadn't deteriorated like a used drivetrain. Damn those early VTOL days and Dad's optimism. I'd been nine when they'd died. Why hadn't he listened to me? From the stage, a woman's voice boomed, amplified over air speakers spread around us and echoing down the traffic-restricted road. There's a conspiracy between the L.E. companies and the elites. How many of you lost your job or failed to find work, tried to become a life donor and been turned away? Were you offered below market rates? Not this again jeers and cheers as people quieted. Applied for death insurance and been denied! Another wave of fidgeting shouts as people began to push, getting rowdy. Where were those cameramen? The game's rigged! The rich get richer, and we paupers beg to offer our lives to feed our families! I say no more! She was right. Security personnel emerged in black graphonite vests and riot masks, fiberglass shields, and sawed-off shotguns at the ready. Shit, these L.E. guys meant business. A statuesque, pale soldier with ruthless eyes headed for the ringleader. Disband at once. You are in violation of Federal Decree 105.61C. Return to your homes. We don't have any, another woman yelled. The rebel on stage writhed as two guards slammed her into a headlock. A rock flew and struck the big guard's face. Crap. His two comrades turned and fired. Holy shit! Where was Reggie? Gas canisters arched through the air and smashed the screaming crowd, smoke billowing as heavy projectiles crashed into bodies. Madness. People ran, some storming the stage, others fled. Another contingent sprinted for DDI's starship doors. The empty-eyed brunette next to me said, Might as well get the money, and took off after this last group. What was happening? I stood there, stunned until someone yanked me. Another wave of gunfire. Shrieking men charged us, but Reggie dropped them with pistols to the face, smashing their noses as they crumpled to the concrete. At last, the Tesla doors opened. A ragged little girl appeared, arcing a stone towards us. No! Time froze. One of the temp guards fired as she grabbed another. Her innocent face exploded in a crimson spray, falling forward, dead before her teeth shattered on the cement. Someone shoved me in the car. I tripped. The doors slammed. My ears pounded. We raced off. This wasn't happening. She was just a girl. Was this downtown Atlanta? You have been listening to Death Donor by Matt Ward. For more information, to purchase the complete audio adventure, or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com.